Hey friend, are you swamped with scheduling, bogged down by bookings, or overwhelmed with managing your social media? This message is for you. I would love to introduce you to my secret weapon, StyleSmart VA. This is a company of virtual assistants literally designed by hairstylists for hairstylists. I found them through an interview right here on the podcast, and then shortly after found myself booking a discovery call because I was drowning in administrative tasks and needed help. It's been a few months now, and I can't tell you how much my VA has changed my life. No joke, friends. I am such a believer in StyleSmart VA that I decided to bring them in as an episode sponsor here on the show. Listen, as creatives, our focus should be on the clients and our craft. And now that I have my virtual assistant, I can devote more of my time to exactly that. The beauty of hiring a VA through StyleSmart is that they come to you already trained and able to seamlessly step into your business. From managing appointments and client communications to handling your social media presence, StyleSmart virtual assistants free you up to concentrate on your clients. And that's a change your clients will notice and appreciate. I mean, can we say elevating your perceived value? So when you're ready to level up in your business and take some weight off your shoulders, head on over to StyleSmartVA.com and book a free discovery call today. You'll also find the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. StyleSmart VA, empowering beauty professionals to focus on what they do best. Well, hey there, friend, and welcome back for another episode of the Your Hair Mentor podcast, where I'm your host and your hair mentor, Crystal Green. What's happening? You know, in this week's episode, I do something a little different, and it's kind of fun. I actually hosted my guest in person. I went on location to their salon and recorded there, and it was so fun and so different being in person. You know, I love that these days with technology, we can have conversations with people across the world via Zoom or other video platforms, but there is something special about being in person, in the same room, sharing the same air with someone when you're having a conversation, and I really feel like that comes through in this conversation here today that you're going to listen to. Um, And isn't it also true of us as hairstylists that things are just different when we are in the same space with our clients? and immediately the no like trust factor goes up. And so anyway, um, I am super thrilled to introduce you to my new friend, Laura Garcia, who I met because of this podcast. And actually, Laura and I are doing some really exciting things here together in Reno, Nevada. And um, I can't tell you about it yet, but she's just a wonderful human being. And I know you're going to love this conversation. So why don't I just go ahead and introduce you to my new friend, Laura. So hi, Laura. I'm so excited to be here today with La-Di-Da Beauty, and we are here in person in the salon. Do you call it the salon or the shop? What do you call this place? The salon. The salon. Yeah. Because there's a salon in front and then a bridal suite in the back, which is where we're sitting. And for those of you that don't know that aren't in Reno, this space is beautiful, and I'm so happy to have the opportunity to come be here in person. Um, I'm so thankful that our friend Ginny introduced us and hooked us up because I think 
think you're going to have so many great little nuggets for my listeners today. Um, so why don't we just start with kind of introducing who you are, who is Beauty? I know we were just talking about that off the show and kind of give me a little background on that and then we can kind of dive into what you're doing next and all that good stuff. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So for those of you listening, my name is Laura Garcia. Uh, You can find me on Instagram at the bridal beauty coach and I'm a multi-figure. Um, my gosh, (laughs) a multi six figure beauty entrepreneur. She's schizophrenic people. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, in the, in a beauty entrepreneur. And I also have a business separate from Lottie Beauty where I coach feminine entrepreneurs and I do leadership work and um, I work with the general public. So if you're listening to this, um, it's kind of fun to be able to branch out beyond the hair because we have such an ability within hair and makeup to, I don't know, see women in this beautiful way and then take what we learn and change people's lives with it. You know, you've always heard that expression that you're a hairpist or, and as a makeup artist, that's where I started. Um, It's this insane ability to be 14 inches from someone's face and see them in their raw beauty without makeup in their vulnerable space and help them feel seen and safe and celebrated. So throughout my career, that has always spoken to me when I was a makeup artist and doing more, you know, services. I mean, there was a time I was doing 50 weddings personally. And then, um, but just, I kind of joke that that's like, it's my, it's my little Petri dish, you know, it's my research field and I've taken all of that and then my own personal journey. And now I'm able to expand beyond our industry and make ripples, like make like this huge impact. And I tell people I'm literally starting a beauty revolution. I'm here for it. And just changing the context and the way that we look at beauty and, and what's underneath it, you know, because hair and makeup and even fashion, it's all neutral. You know, filters aren't bad. They're not good. Makeup's not bad. It's not a dirty word. And it also doesn't make us beautiful or give us value. It's the context underneath. And so that's what I've really evolved into. And at the same time, I have la da beauty. It's like if, you know, if we talk about love stories and I come from the bridal industry, so la da beauty is my first love. It's my first business ever. I started as a um, professional makeup artist who just had a goal of doing one wedding a month and staying at home with my daughter and my friends call me law so it's kind of where the name comes from love it and so i started uh, my bridal business this is over 10 years ago now and then i quickly you know snowballed and um started a team and we started with six artists now we have over 20 and we do over 150 weddings a year a lot in the lake tahoe and gray eagle area about 90 percent of our brides are destination and now we've actually branched out and we're starting to do more destination weddings um beyond just our local area here which is really really fun yeah and i think i remember you telling me that's because you had artists that lived here that have like moved away that have voiced to you that they still want to work with you and now they're in places like what was it Portland and like all over right yeah so we exactly we have um, a really beautiful team that has become like a sisterhood and a community and the biggest compliment is when someone moves away and they don't want to leave the team so they'll travel back and do a wedding you know a month to stay a stay connected but through that evolution we've also had the opportunity to branch out and serve other areas so we have an artist in Boca Raton Florida 
and an artist in Seattle, Washington, an artist in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, our artists have traveled as far as Italy to do weddings, and my personal goal is to start booking more of those international destination brides because that's just so fun. That is so cool. So I'm imagining like one of my listeners, it's probably like a newer hairstylist going, oh my God, how do I even get to that point where you're, you're talking about international business, right? Like, whoa, that sounds so cool and so sexy and so fun. Um, can you tell us like when you started, when you're like in that space of, I want to do one wedding a month, what were some of the things that helped you grow your business mm -hmm. to where it is now? Yeah, I'm, I'm so happy to talk about this. I like light up because growing a team, you know, we incubate a lot of artists and it's been such an honor to be a part of so many artists journey of starting exactly what you're talking about, where I've been, where you might be listening and um, helping them grow their careers. And so a little of my background, I worked in MAC Cosmetics during college and I always thought makeup was just my fun job. So I then worked in corporate, I quit MAC, I was like, I'm going to get a real job and um, and then I realized I didn't like the corporate world at all and it just wasn't feeding my soul. And so when I had my daughter, that's when I um, thought, okay, I can, I can do this and this would be a really good balance. So with that, I had a different perspective on our industry. And I just intuitively knew that a really easy way to set myself apart was with professionalism. You know, in our industry, it's very common that, um, you know, we have a bad rap sometimes mm -hmm. being flaky, flighty, um, moving clients around, you know, maybe not using proper grammar in our text, like all those little things. But I was thinking about the caliber of bride that I really wanted to call in. And so, and like how I would want to be treated as a bride and what I look for in the different services that I book in my life. So that was my starting place is just professionalism first and foremost and truly treating it like a business. Um, and so that really supported me. And then I think that bridal, this is something I love to talk about because having owned a salon for five years and having you know coached artists in the salon and also in bridal and some that do both and some that just do one or the other, bridal is a completely different type of career path. And I always like to be really upfront with artists who are interested in bridal when talking about it because like with bridal, the dependability and reliability is huge. When a bride books you, I mean, unless you are in the hospital with a broken arm, you really need to be at that wedding. It's not something you can move around. So really being dedicated. And so if you're listening to this and maybe you have little ones at home and we have a lot of stay at home moms on our bridal team, but the conversation goes like, okay, so if you know your daughter has the sniffles and she can't go to daycare, do you have a support system? Because you can't miss a wedding just to stay home with your daughter with sniffles. Now, on the flip side, having a team is so beautiful because we all support and come alongside each other in the event of, you know, big yeah. emergencies. But I, I remember interviewing an artist once for our bridal team and she, you know, I was having that conversation with her and she was like, to be honest, I'm widowed and my daughter is everything and I want to stay at home with her and, you know, snuggle her when she's got the sniffles. And I was like, I love you so much. And I'm so glad we met and maybe bridal is not the fit right now mm -hmm. for you. Mm -hmm. And, um, and she just really appreciated that honesty. It was really mm -hmm. a beautiful, beautiful conversation. Um, and then beyond just booking, you know, when you're working weddings, it's a different speed than a mm -hmm. salon. 
And it really does involve being flexible because you can plan everything to a T. And even talking to my artist this year, it's like, we can triple check a timeline three times and our artists will show up and the you know bridesmaids will be like oh we have a different timeline and you know there can be things that shift or miscommunications and we have to be flexible and have the servant heart and really be in this space because i i what i love about our industries and i always say we're so similar to nursing in that we you know, are one of those few industries left that have the human touch, mm -hmm. right? Where we get to just actually physically touch people and love on them. And I think we're an industry of really servant hearted people where we understand that it's not just about our art and our ego, that it's about the other person's experience. And we're not working just on this blank canvas. There's a human behind it. And at the same time with bridal, that gets amplified like times 10, because it's one thing to do it in the salon when you're in this one-on-one -on -one kind of um, interaction with your client, but when you have, you know, 10, 12 other personalities in the room, a, a big energy going on, you have to really be able to set your artist's ego aside and really be servant hearted and really fill in the gap. It, it's, you're a part of a big, um, production. And even if you're not working with a team, you are part of that bride's team mm -hmm. and all the vendors work synergistically together because if we run late, then we impact the ceremony time, the officiant, the DJ, the food has to stay warmer, you know? So you really have to have that team mentality when you do bridal. Yeah. And that's not for everyone. It's not right. It's so funny. Um, one of the things that I coach too, and I'm, I'm like, my heart sings to is, consultation and communication in the salon, which I've, I've kind of come to the realization is like a membership based business, right? Like the whole idea is like client retention rate in the mm -hmm. salon, right? Like you mm -hmm. want to serve people in a way that makes them want to keep coming back. And so you serve them in a different way than you're going to serve someone with bridal. It's really interesting. You get like one shot with bridal, right? Like they're not, they're not return customers. It's so true. I remember the first time I hit six, six figures, and my bookkeeper said to me, wow, Laura, this is amazing. You, I'm just so impressed. And I was like, oh, thank you. And she goes, no, seriously, because you have to source all these new clients every single year. That's incredible that you do that. And I hadn't really looked at it through that lens because she's like, all my clients are repeat. And I, as any business owner does, any small business owner does, right? We have to always learn to wear all these different hats. You know, we become graphic designers and bookkeepers and all the things. And in that process, I started studying marketing and learning about life cycle marketing. And I'm like, cause you know, we learned that getting a new lead is so much more expensive than selling to an existing customer and with bridal. And then I also did microblading when I owned my salon. I'm like, those are the two services and industries that are so hard because you just have to constantly get new. And so we do, I mean, we're really blessed that we have a lot of our brides that will refer us to their bridesmaids. Um, but yeah, beyond that, it's really just sourcing that one time. So to your point, yes, we have really one shot to make it right. And I will say that in the evolution of my business, I have also had times where I've not gotten it right. You know, like we're all human, but What's so beautiful, I think, is that some of those brides where, you know, things have fallen through the cracks or have missed the mark, when you have a heart to go above and beyond and you're really connected to your brand, they actually end up becoming our like happiest brides, our most thankful brides, because they can see that all we want is for them to be happy and all we want is for them to have the wedding experience of their dreams. And, um, and so it's been beautiful because in my corporate 
background, I did some escalation, um, escalation handling of calls and training and conflict resolution and bringing that into my business. I feel like there could be a whole class on this for artists, both salon and bridal, just on this topic because it's truly an art form and it is a business dif differentiator. Totally. That's literally some of the stuff I'm working on right now too. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Like, so if you're listening, mm -hmm. stay tuned. Customer service is my jam and especially customer service in tricky situations mm -hmm. because if we haven't had training on that, you haven't had experience in that, it's really easy to just get like clammed up and freak out and think, I don't know what to do. Yes. Right. Well, and, and it's so normal to make it about us, mm -hmm. right? If we haven't done the work to fully come from a place of neutrality and we make it mean something about us, then it's like charged. Mm -hmm. And also I think just sometimes too, it's, you know, we can get caught up in the truth, the quote unquote truth or our righteousness or what's right and wrong instead of just really being focused on like, what's our goal here and how do we move the needle forward? And I always say to artists who both in the salon and bridal are like, okay, but when I'm feeling like maybe I don't agree with this client, how do I then deescalate because I don't want to agree with them? you know, and I just really always say, come back to what is true for you. Like what is true when you're creating your brand? What experience do you want your brides to have? Or you, do you want your salon clients, salon clients to have, you know, mm -hmm. I'll say like, okay, thank you so much for sharing this feedback. I am so sorry you had this experience. That is not what I want for any client. I started this business because I want brides to feel X, Y, Z, right. And we can really tap into that. And that is true for us. And the other person can feel that versus when we kind of don't really believe the words coming out of our mouth, you know? Yeah. Or and like knee jerk react. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I love that. And I, I bet you anything that was like the hugest, hugest, is that a word? The biggest thing, hugest, we're going to stay with hugest um, thing to escalate your career too. Cause mm -hmm. I think, you know, it is, it's really hard in this industry to stand out a lot of the times, but like professionalism, customer service, like helping your client, your customer feel like they are the center of your world for that moment. And you're, you're going to show up, you're going to be on time. You're going to do all the things that is going to go farther than the best makeup job in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's what's been the differentiator for our team too, because building a team originally, when I started the team, it, it was, it came from getting a request for so many weddings. And then also, you know, there's only so much time in the morning and I have done hair, um, but makeup's really my superpower, my passion. So from a business perspective, I'm like, I'm going to make the same amount of money if I do hair or makeup or both. Cause there's only so much time in the morning. So I would get a lot of requests for hair. I'd get a lot of requests for just larger parties. And at first I just tried to, um, share that with the artists that I already worked with that I respected. I was like, here, I was just, you know, trying to bring them along with me within their own businesses. But then I, I quickly learned that I had this this knack for the booking process, you know, you have to respond to emails right away, you know, CRM systems help all those little things. And so when I started the team, I thought, Oh, this will be good because it's a win-win. It's a win for the artist. They can get more bookings. They can focus on what they love. It's a win for me. I can build my business. But then what happened, which I wasn't expecting was this beautiful team and community and like sisterhood that went beyond just the blessing of more business. And part of that came from just like this commitment to education and personal development. Because in my corporate background, I worked with a large insurance company and I was put in charge of the, um, 
the team of like, you know, a couple hundred people of doing like employee incentive programs and leadership programs and things like that. And so I brought some of that in to my team and started doing personal development. We do strength finders with our team and there's really nowhere like it in our industry that really calls you forth beyond just your artistry or beyond just the business to just be, learn about you and to become the next level you. I always say, you know, and my coach says this too, you know, I'm, I'm 1% of the person I'm going to be even six months from now. At least I hope, right? We're always changing and evolving. And so I, I just love that growth mindset. And, um, and so we really work to attract artists who are into that. Not everyone wants to focus on that, um, but our team is something special. And we definitely attract women who want to keep diving into all the layers beyond just doing pretty hair and makeup. Right, right. I know one of the things that I always say is your work does not define your worth, right? And I feel like so many artists that don't have experience with any sort of professional development or self-help kind of stuff, right? I haven't haven't looked internally to do any work. They take really, really um, personal crit- criticisms of their work, right? Like mm-hmm. so if someone doesn't like their work, all of a sudden they're not worthy right? Mm-hmm. And they feel bad and they feel down and they don't know if they did anything right. And it's like, whoa, whoa, you need to separate those two. Like, yes, you're here to create art, but like that does not define you, right? Mm-hmm. There's a whole other part of you here that you could dive way into and then everything's elevated at the same time. Yeah. It's that identity work, right? And mm-hmm. I think it happens in other areas of our life too, when we become moms mm-hmm. or I always like to use a reference. If you took Michael Jordan and you know, he's an amazing, I mean, he's the basketball player of all time, right? But like, let's say if he got into a car accident and became a, you know, quadriplegic, quadriplegic and he couldn't play basketball anymore. And like, does he not have value? Right. Like, of course he has value. It's beyond what we do. Our, our value comes just in our being. And I, and I think that until you have done that deep work, it's hard because I always share that with our strengths, anything like our strength in our industry is that we care and we're servant hearted, right? But our strengths can also be our weaknesses and it can lead to people pleasing and it can lead to an attachment of identity through work and through, you know, just the doing. I remember there was a time I had a surgery and I couldn't work. And I feel like so many of you listening have probably experienced this where you go, they're like, Oh, you'll need to take two to four weeks off work. And I'm like, well, I think five days will be enough. Four days will be oh enough. My God. Right. So true. And so, and, and at the time too, because I have shifted in my career, I do a lot more from my laptop and I only take up a, a certain number of personal weddings. And so I, I'm like, Oh, I have the luxury. I can just work from home. I can work from my computer, but no, what I didn't realize is when you don't feel good and when you're, you know, like you literally can't think and function. And I remember just being so emotional and so like, disappointed in myself that I couldn't do anything. My daughter at the time was, um, nine. And so she really stepped up and was helping take care of me and was taking care of herself. My husband was working long distance in San Jose. And so I was really solo with her and, um, just the littlest things would happen. Like this random alley cat came in my yard and gave birth to kittens. And it just felt like, Oh, I can't have these kittens live here. And so I had to call my sister to get help. But in all of it, I remember just breaking down and crying to my business coach at the time, because if you haven't figured out, I've mentioned coach twice, I really believe in mentorship. And, but my business coach at the time was like, Laura, if you're not doing, do you have value? And my answer in that moment, like truly in my heart of hearts was no. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I need to be taking care of my daughter. I need to be doing for my business. If I'm not contributing, if I'm not doing anything, then in that moment, I really felt like I don't have value. And it was this really big breakthrough of like seeing me in that rawness that I really felt that way. Gosh, I like bring, like I could cry right now thinking about it. Like I want to hold that version of myself and be like, you do, you do have value, you know, like it's okay. And I've worked really hard in the last couple of years to push through that and go, I don't have to be doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I think if, gosh, if a small percentage of us could understand that in our careers, like how far that would take us. Right. Because how many decisions do we make based on disappointing people, right? Mm. Oh, can you can you fit me in your schedule? Yeah. Really, no, but, like, I'm going to say yes because I feel like I'm going to be valued more if I say yes. I yeah. don't want to disappoint someone. Or even to your point of, like, as an, as an artist, when you have a client who is trying to mac- micromanage and tell you how to do things and you want to please them and you just give in and, and do it, but then ultimately it doesn't turn out. But it's like we get so attached to doing what people ask of us and getting that value and, and yeah. And to your point too, what started this whole conversation is just that attachment to the work. And if my work is not, if the client doesn't feel like it's beautiful, then, you know, do we crumble inside? And the, and the answer is yes. Past versions of me have, for sure. I mean, I've been doing weddings now for 10 years and there was a time that if a trial didn't go 100%, I would make it mean something about me. Mm-hmm. But now I've just learned one, I've done the inner work so I could truly be neutral. And two, I have this different perspective and understanding of beauty. It truly is subjective. And just because somebody finds something else beautiful doesn't mean that, you know, what I found beautiful is not beautiful. It's just what suits them. And also through doing my own inner work, I now realize when that when it's not even about the art, it's not even about the beauty, the hair, the makeup, it's like something internal within them that they get to work through yes. or in their relationships, you know, with their mom or their best friend, whoever came or their, their future spouse or just themselves. It's like half the time it's not even about hair and makeup. Right. Yeah. And it's definitely not about you as the artist. Yes. Right. Like that's the biggest takeaway, right? Is like, whoa, okay. I'm, I'm really sorry that you're having a moment as a client, but like, it's, it's about you. Let's, let's help you. How can I navigate this within my zone of genius and what I can offer to try to make you happy? Cause it's not about me. Yeah. And, and, and to that point too, like sometimes it is about us, but not our worth. Sometimes we yes. do have the opportunity to go, okay, what's my responsibility here? What's my piece? Like, did I fully listen or did I just kind of, you know, go through the motions? Did I do a complete consultation? Did I set the proper expectations? Because I can't tell you how much that is the conversation lately, especially with Hollywood glam waves being and anyone who wants Hollywood glam waves needs hair extensions. I don't care if you have the most beautiful hair, it is required to fully hold the curl, to give the shape, everything. And if you're not having that conversation with your client because you want to make them happy or you think you have your own money issues and you have this idea that they can't afford it or what have you, like we all, right, we've all done it. Um, then yeah, you're going to, we get to take ownership and still not make it mean something about us. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So I want to go back to when you were first building your business as a solopreneur, when you were putting yourself out there as this, um, come from, uh, the corporate world girl, right. Who's going to take on the, the makeup and bridal beauty business. What did you do to build your client base? Was it just like friends and family? Was it social media? Cause I know when I first started building my business, social media didn't exist. 
right? Mm. And then I had to rebuild it later when it did exist. And I was like, what is this whole thing? So I'm just curious what that was like for you and like what steps you took to kind of get it off the ground. I'm so glad you asked because I've been thinking about this since I've launched my coaching and my online business. And it is like starting a new business. It's really caused me to go back and look at, okay, what was the magic of la di beauty? Like, why did that work? And amen, sister, I've done the same thing, right? Yes. It's crazy. Yes. It's, it's crazy. Um, so a couple things, one is it's the mindset. I had no attachment to the results. It was just fun. You know, I, I had a coach recently say that she doesn't vision board. I mean, she does, but she doesn't. And she just loves to leave um, things open to whatever God or the universe has for her because she's realized that if she were to craft the exact. Hey friend, Crystal here, and I've got something special for you that's too good to miss. Introducing the wildly popular Confident Conversations Bootcamp, where we unlock the three secret stylist skills that attract clients who pay. In just three classes, we'll transform how you communicate, connect, and turn every conversation in the salon into a formula for high-paying clients. It's not magic, it's mastery of words, presence, and the kind of confidence that turns heads. So why sign up? Because mastering these skills means more than just full books. It's about crafting a career that's as rewarding financially as it is creatively. We're talking quality clients who value your expertise and are happy to pay you for it. And the best part, it's completely free. You heard right. It's my gift to you, friend. So if you're ready to elevate your behind-the-chair game and attract the clientele you've always dreamed of, this boot camp is your first step. Spaces are limited, and trust me, friend, you don't want to miss out on this transformation. So head on over to www.yourhairmentor.com to secure your spot today. Let's make sure that your talent is undeniable and your chair the hottest ticket in town. Cheers to clients who pay and a career that slays. I cannot wait to see you at the Confident Conversations Bootcamp, my friend. plan and exactly what she wanted that could be cool but sometimes you know like we get delighted and surprised we we don't even know what we don't know like Mm. there might be this magic and amazingness available to us that we couldn't even dream of and so she leaves herself open to that I'm like oh my gosh I love that and it's really for me I look back at that time and I just said one wedding a month and just some side cash. I remember my husband saying, Laura, oh my gosh, you are going to blow up. And I was like, no, I'm not. Nope, nope, nope. I just wanted to keep it fun. So it was really coming from a place of passion, no attachments to results, right? Because there's this book called The Gap in the Game. And it talks about how if we focus on like, miss, like say we set a goal of, okay, I want to do four weddings a month and we only book one wedding a month we tend to focus on the gap. Oh, those three, like we only did one wedding. We didn't reach the four instead of the game, which we did one wedding a month, right? Mm. So, um, but then in in terms of, you know, actual strategy, what did I do? Um, At the time, Facebook was really big. And so I just started really networking. I think that's one of my superpowers. I just started befriending wedding planners, wedding venues, wedding photographers. I, um, I looked at everything that I did as an investment. And so, you know, any of those free photo shoots and things like that, I was always reaching out. How can I help? How can I be of service? Like, what can I do? And 
through that, you know, it was a win-win because I got to build up my new portfolio and I got to meet people and they got to see my work. Um, but I treated it like a business. So even though I had a young daughter at the time and I mean, we were so poor, I just remember like a hundred dollars was so much and it meant the difference of if I could pay my rent at the time, but I still knew, okay, I should not bring my baby to a photo shoot. I should treat this like a business. I need to carry myself a certain way. Um, one of the things I see that's so common in the bridal industry is when we're doing these stylized shoots, there's been a shift, I feel, in the energy behind it where some people feel like, oh, well, I'm doing it for free, so no, I'll just do it and I don't want to go on site and, you know, I can't stay because it's a lot of time and, oh, you know, they just come maybe without their own hair and makeup done because it's their day off, right? But, um, and I actually work on this with my team, like, hey, let's build your portfolio. And hey, if you're going to do it, and I get it, sometimes there's time constraints. And if all we can do is the hair and makeup and you can't stay the whole shoot, it's not best case scenario, but I understand it. But even then, like, show up, have your hair and makeup done. Because if you're going to do something, do it all out. If you, you see this as a marketing opportunity, why are you going to leave anything on the table? right? Why would you not put your best foot forward? It's an investment. It's not, you're not doing anyone any favors and it's, you're definitely not doing yourself a favor if you don't fully give that experience that you would give to a full paying client. And isn't it true that like every interaction we have with every client is a marketing opportunity too. I know like, um, there's this guy that I interviewed a couple weeks ago. I think I'm actually going to publish his episode this week, but he blew up on social media because he did this video that was like stylist. Why do you think it's okay to show up to work looking like a dumpster fire? <laughs> right. He's like, you are in the beauty industry, like show mm -hmm. up looking like you're playing the part, whatever that is for you, whatever your brand is be that brand, right? Yes. Because I've seen this too. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I feel like there's a lot of younger, I'm not going to date myself here real quick, <laughs> younger, these younger generations, uh, rascals that are like, <laughs> you know, just like they're sloppy looking, right? And they want to do luxury hair. Mm. And I'm like, you know, I do feel like there's a bit of a disconnect there. And I, I think if you show up looking whatever your professional version of your brand is, if it's no makeup, go no makeup, be, but, but be clean and have nice skin and like be a representation of something that is meaningful to you. Right. 100%. Yeah. And yeah. So like every opportunity we have with every client, every potential client, like this is how I built my business and what I've really understood. I kind of had a similar story to you. It was like this fun thing that I was doing. I didn't have a plan. It was just like, la -de -da, you know, whatever. And, um, I, every person I would talk to out in the wild, in the world was a potential client. And so I was in professional crystal mode, right? It was like, I'm going to figure out a way to talk to them about their hair. And I'm going to insert into that conversation, something about me being a hairstylist. And I'm going to be happy with the way that I look and I'm presenting myself, right? Mm. And it turned out to work every single time, right? But if I had been looking like I did when I had a newborn daughter, right? And I just was like, smelled like sour milk and I was in my pajamas or whatever. And I went to the grocery store and then tried to talk to someone about hair. They wouldn't have given me two cents, you know? It's true. It's true. And I think, I think it's also the balance. Like you said, being very intentional on what is your brand? What are your brand values? Who are the types of clients that you want to call in? Because I am somebody, sometimes when you see me out and about, I won't have makeup on, you know? And I also, if you've ever followed our team, we don't typically post a lot of before and afters. Now we're kind of doing it with the reels, but it's not like somebody frowning. 
like something's wrong with the before. It's like, hey, you're beautiful before and you're beautiful after. And the makeup just enhances or the hair just enhances. And that's been a huge part of my ethos. But in our industry, it's very common. You, you have the before and after where someone's sitting there, like they're miserable and then their life changes because their hair and makeup's done. I'm like, no, you're beautiful both ways. And so it's, I've, I've worked, I've had actually people in the industry tell me, Laura, like you need to be wearing makeup every day and you can't go to the grocery store without makeup. And I was like, I disagree. Because for me, in my ethos is there's a time and place for makeup. We are beautiful with and without it. It's just meant to enhance, right? It's that neutrality. And I remember I had this one artist that I was um, auditioning for the team. And at the time, my little sisters uh, were in high school. And I had a wedding that day. And so I couldn't, I always do their hair and makeup. And so I thought, ooh, I'll hire this artist to do, you know, their hair and makeup. And then that way I'll, I'll see how it goes. And afterwards um I asked her how it went and okay so but also when she was doing it my mom was babysitting my daughter my daughter was four and so she she, you know got to meet my daughter and she goes Laura oh my gosh your daughter is so precious I was doing Brianna's makeup that's my sister she goes and your daughter woke up from a nap and she came and she tapped me and I looked down and she says excuse me when you're done doing her makeup will you enhance my natural beauty to stop it (laughs) to have this other artist tell me the story I was like oh my gosh I can I I'm officially I've done my job as a mom my heart was just melted just proud mama moment and also that's exactly what it's all about you know just enhancing what's already there that's Mm -hmm. awesome yeah so then it totally fits your brand if you're at the grocery store without your makeup on yeah but to your point I, you know, will make sure that my clothes are clean, that, you know, I'm not smelling like tacos. My husband's Mexican. We love tacos, you know. Um, also, the grammar that I use, I typically, now I, I mean, in my, in my small little circle, I've gotten a little bit more spicy. But in general, like, I don't cuss when I'm out in public. I don't, you know, we definitely don't cuss with our brides. And that's a choice. Some people, they love it. They want to call in those raunchy, like, you know, fun, like, we'll just drop F-bombs and talk about, I don't even want to say it, <laughs> but you got know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's, there's a, a lid for every pot. And so it's so awesome. If that is like your brand and you own it and that's for you, like there are clients for that. But I just knew that I wanted to bring in a certain, so, you know, I was very intentional with the types of conversations that I would have and what I would talk about and how I would speak and how I would carry myself. So um, it's beyond just, what you look like it's truly how are you living who who are what are the social circles you're running in who are you calling in um because that is something i see that is huge in our industry where people don't understand like wait i want to you know book these high-end clients and charge you know thousands of dollars for my work but then i'm going out on the weekends and on my actual salon instagram you know my, my business instagram or whatever I'm literally like getting high or, you know, twerking or whatever. And all those things are fun. All those things are fun. There's no right or wrong, but it's like, but then just be real about who you're calling in and maybe don't like beat yourself up because you're struggling to call in these clients that when it's not matching to who you are and and how you want to spend your time. Right. 
Right. I love this conversation because I feel like there's such a push right now in our industry from other leaders and experts that are talking about authenticity, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, show up as yourself, just be yourself. And like, if your clients don't like that, fuck them, right? Like just straight up. And I'm like, you know, I think you can be authentic while still being on brand. I think there's a difference also in being authentic in your business and also like authentic in your life. You know what I mean? Like if you have a vision for your business and you want to serve a certain type of person, you want to attract a certain type of client, you need to be the person that those people want to go to. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, you can still be authentic in that. You can still be you, but like maybe you save the F bombs for when you're at home with your husband or out with your girlfriends and not clients, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, and I think to that point, you know, that authenticity is a big buzzword. I use it in my coaching business. I think there's, there's, Sometimes though, when people throw it around without having done the inner work, it's like we got, we have to be careful about what we're truly saying. When we're saying be authentic and be you and just call it, it's like, then we also get to look at, okay, who is that? And am I doing the work and how am I showing up? I remember one time I went to this personal development training and it was this room full of people I didn't know from every walk of life, there were multimillionaires and there was someone who needed a job. There was 17 or 18 year olds and an 80 year old couple. And in this room, we did this exercise where people shared like the feedback that was like, Hey, give me the the zingers, you know, like give me the feedback that's going to cause my growth. What's fascinating is everything that's said for the most part is like spot on with something that, you know, your husband or your sister or your best friend would say if they were brave enough to say it, you know, and it just really showed me we're not hiding our baggage from anyone. No, they can feel it when we walk in a room, they don't have to know us. And so the bigger question is, how are we showing up when we're saying like, I get to just be me and people can accept it. Like, let's be real about, okay, but how am I, like, what's the me that I'm asking people to accept? And then taking radical personal responsibility of like what we're calling in. Like if you want to just be you and that's just enough and you get a call, like then own whatever you're calling into your business, whatever you're calling in, in your clientele, whatever you're calling into your life really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you can't, like, if you're not getting what you wanted out of it, it's, there's no room for like, oh man, you know, it's like, okay, maybe you should reflect on what you're putting out there. Totally. And I think there's this responsibility for us as, um, an industry too, and as industry leaders to have those conversations, to start having the conversations about doing inner work, to start having the conversations about like inner child work and working through trauma and being aligned in our bodies and, you know, shadow work, whatever that is, where we can really be the people that are, the healing therapists to our clients, right? Not the gossiping therapists that that are, you know, truly living what it is that we are selling every day to our clients because we're not selling hair. We're not selling makeup. We are selling confidence and love. Feelings. Yes. And experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and Um, on the opposite of that, I've seen a lot of people say a lot of hairstylists in forums commenting on, uh, like, let's say someone writes something about a a client was being very dramatic or whatever. And the hairstylist was like, tell me if I did this right or wrong. I tried to like walk my client through this thing and make them feel better. And the comment section will blow up of people being like, screw that. We are not therapists. They need to go to a trained professional for their, you know, psychotherapy. We just do hair. That's all we do. So many people commented like that. And I'm like, I think you're kind of missing the point. We're not trying to say that you need to change people's mental 
stuff, right? You're just trying to give them a good experience so that they feel seen, valued, and heard. That's mm-hmm. it. Well, and as a salon owner, I can tell you, we've called in some crazies. <laughs> they sure. exist. Oh, yeah. But the conversation looks like, okay, we've called in this person. How are we going to handle this? And then once we make it through that, we get to look at, okay, how did we call in this person? Like, at what step should we have handled this differently? Because there are a million ways we could have maybe avoided this. You know, and so again, I think it just comes to radical personal responsibility mm-hmm. and, and, and truly just enjoying what we do, what, you know, if we come from the place of there's more than enough work out there, you know, we're not each other's competition. Um, we get, we get to do hair every day. We get to do makeup. We get to show up nine times out of 10, you're going to have an amazing experience, you know? Yeah. And then the 1%, like the, the, you know, the one out of 10 clients that maybe aren't as fun, like that, cause things happen that I think are gifts to teach us. Um, but in the event that happens, it's like we learn and we grow from it and we move on. We hope we learn and we grow, right? Yes. That's, yes. That we, that's the, the nugget there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Not that you just feel, feel like something happened to you, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. no, you can use that as an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I want to hear a little more about your female, what did you say, female leadership or entrepreneurship leaders stuff yeah. that you're doing that's, is it outside of the beauty industry then or still kind both of Both end, both okay. end. You know, beauty is, is such a core to who I am and it's really, like I said, been my body of work for the last 10 plus years and where I've pulled a lot of my context. And so um, as I've been navigating this past year and looking at, okay, what I mean, because we're all such multi-passionate, multi-talented beings, right? Anyone listening to you, if you're in this industry, it's because you're creative. Totally. It's because we want to have it all. We want to have the life of our dreams and be able to travel and have freedom and have families and all the things, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I was looking at, okay, I really am ready to stop trading time for dollars. I'm ready to, you know, make a shift and get into the coaching space, you know, stuff I'm already doing internally for my team and with my clients, with my brides, um, I, it it was a process of, okay, what's that going to be? Because there's so many options available. And, um, and I did explore and and something I am passionate about is coaching artists, coaching bridal artists. I really excel at systems and team building and all of that. And so I've had some bridal team owners that I've supported. And um, so I've done that. But in this last um, couple months, I've really come to understand the the deeper context for the work I'm doing. And so when I say I'm starting a beauty revolution, it truly is for all women and it's more in thought leadership and the, the neutrality of hair and makeup. And so I've launched a 30 day beauty challenge that is for all women. I mean, I have makeup artists who have, you know, signed up for it. We start um, next month. By the time you're hearing this, it will have already run live, but we'll continue to run it. So you can still check it out, the 30 day beauty challenge. But within that, every day there's a different challenge to bring up, you know, like maybe it's one day not wearing makeup. Maybe it is wearing a full face of makeup, styling your hair different, going through and purging products that are expired, like little daily tasks that, um, are fun and help to like shift and get us out of our rut. And then there's um, journal prompts to dive into the deeper context for those that want to and kind of examine, okay, what are the feelings that are coming up and what are the, uh, the, how is this a mirror for other areas of my life? And then there's a daily affirmation. So it's really, really fun. So I've, I've, um, I, I believe one day I'll probably turn it into a book, you know, like, I don't know, either the 30 day beauty challenge, or maybe I'll do a hundred days of beauty. I'm still playing with that. And then, um, 
So that's kind of like my community offer. And then I'm now launching um, a, a more um, close proximity um, way to work with me, mastermind, for women who are entrepreneurs who have done the work, who are ready to, to continue to dive deeper and pull that richness out of life through context and, um, and, and to elevate. So some of them um, might be in the beauty space, but some are just you know, amazing female entrepreneurs. And I'm still playing with some of my other offerings because I just, I love supporting women. I love beauty. I love business. I love inner work, as you can tell probably yeah. from listening to this. Um, so I'm still playing with it. So if you're listening to this and anything speaks to you, please share with me because I'm here for it. I'm excited to be back in that space of what truly lights me up and being open to where things go and, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of awesome. what I'm up to. Well, it sounds to me like uh, something you mentioned, I think twice while we were doing this, and then in other words as well, is that you really believe that you have to be responsible for your own success in your mm -hmm. own life. And it seems like that's like a core value that you have in all of this stuff is like taking ownership of how you act, how you show up, how you reflect, how you behave, and all of these things. And I'm wondering, was there like a, a mentor or... A guide that kind of showed that to you or that you look to to kind of gather that because that's it's I think it's beautiful yeah thank you yeah it has been a process over the last four years um, and I call it radical personal responsibility is what mm. you're referring to mm -hmm. and um, it started I did some personal development courses down in Vegas and that was really my first wake-up call and my first intro to the body of work of emotional intelligence. And so it, they were just different experiential trainings that introduce us to emotional intelligence. But emotional intelligence has actually been around for 50 years. And there's so many ways that you can learn about it, books, podcasts, different trainings, different coaches. But this was my first jump into it. And one of the things that I learned was just that I... I have a huge victim mentality when I'm in my, like not in my best self, right? Because we all have different things that we um, have, like ways of being or dealing with the world that we've created typically from childhood traumas or different things to keep us safe. But at some point they don't actually serve us anymore. And so I, my like go to breakdown is to go into victim and just give my power away. And the opposite, the antithesis of that is, radical personal responsibility because when we stand in responsibility we're actually standing in our power and we're not a victim to what happens to us and so you know that was my first experience of it but then it's been four years of really diving into what that means and really getting around other women who and men who understand that same principle and live it out and are constantly seeking it out and so um, I don't think I've been I, in the last three years, I've been in a mastermind, like actually four years now. Um, I've always been in a mastermind, had a coach. There's been different ones and it's been life changing for me truly. And I love that you noticed that and brought it up because actually I've, as I've been playing with like, okay, you know, it's fun when we're creatives, we get, what am I going to name my offer? And what is it really about? And I kept coming back to own it, like own, own your beauty, own your confidence and own your shit. Can I mm -hmm. say shit? You can say you shit. Know? And <laughs> oh, like own it, like whatever it is, because there, there are these rich layers of context in our life. And it's like, let's own those. Like let's own the hidden treasure that is underneath 
everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and actually we can choose to see it from a neutral space and it, maybe it's all for us, mm-hmm. you know, but we get to step into that, that ownership. So thank you for reflecting that back to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. That just gets me all excited. I'm like, I want to be involved in that. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> so, um, it, you know, for one of my listeners here, if obviously you're going to have a community they could join, um, if they want to just kind of like get a little more of what you're putting out there. Do you talk about this kind of stuff on your social media with your like coaching social media and that kind of stuff? Yeah. So they can find me at bridal beauty coach on Instagram. And I, I know it says bridal cause it's just, you know, it's my, um, like I said, it was my first love and it, it will always be a part of my work. I have eBooks for brides to help them th- navigate the booking process, but it is also where I do my coaching for all women and my 30 day beauty challenge and where I'll be sharing more of like, I, you know, those mastermind offerings. And so for now it's bridal beauty coach. I think it might just stay that. And it's just one of those things that I'm not, for those of you listening, have you ever gotten to this place where you're like, okay, I'm overthinking the name, the colors, the fonts, the, all this stuff. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's okay. It'll, Anyone it'll that's out. ever had a salon to decorate probably can resonate with yes. that, right? Like it really doesn't matter, but we get so hung up on that stuff. I think it's our little creative minds that like can't turn it off because it's, we can like see what it needs to be, but it's not quite there. Yeah. You know, it's hard to look past that. Well, and for anyone who's had a salon, had a suite, had like, we build these brands, right? And then like, at least for me, I've reached this evolution of my business where La Dee Da Beauty was my brand. And there's a reason I chose to be a makeup artist because it's a beautiful behind the scenes role. There's a reason I chose to start a team because I'm really good at lifting up other people and it allows me to stay behind the scenes. So this is really my evolution of coming out in front and really just owning me and um, celebrating who I am beyond the brands. And it's funny because my mind keeps going to the space of wanting to brand it, put it in a box and, you know, like turn it into this brand because it's a skill that we learn as business owners. And I'm really working hard to be, you know, kind of move away from that and go, no, it just gets to be an expression of me that can be fluid and doesn't have to be in a box and doesn't have to be perfect. And I'll figure it out as I go. I love that. Well, that seems like a really natural way to wrap up this conversation here. Um, you have so many layers, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, so when I first met you, it was like, okay, cool. You have this like salon and like, I knew you did like bridal stuff. Cause you had like a bridal team, but Oh, I didn't even cover. Okay. One last thing before we wrap up the conversation I wanted to ask you about, um, you have things for general public for brides too, right? Yes. Like you mentioned just briefly, you have like, what is it? A, like a little guide or kit or something like that for them. Tell us about that really quick. Cause I think that's interesting. Yeah. So it's a bridal beauty planner. It's a downloadable ebook. It's 90 plus pages. So it's perfect for that type A bride. Um, I'm working on breaking it down for my type B brides, but basically it walks them through everything that they need to do from the time they get engaged to the, t- to their wedding morning and how to maximize that hair and makeup experience from setting a beauty budget, And right. If you are a bridal artist, you're probably going to be like, yes, like, please educate the brides on this. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, having a beauty budget that's separate for beauty prep and that's separate, you know, and then one for services, what to truly expect. And, oh my gosh, wedding wire kills me because I think they quote it like $500. It's like, no, that's, that's not even close to what hair and makeup costs for weddings. Um, and then questions to ask themselves when setting their budget and questions to ask, um, them like brides, I'm sorry, bridal artists that they're reaching out to. And when they're looking at booking bride, bridal artists, and then, um, 
what should be in a contract. So really navigating them through that booking process and then it takes them through you know, choosing the right hair and makeup look for them and setting those expectations. I'm really trying to help our industry help us set these expectations for brides about, you know, the simple things like, okay, when looking at a makeup photo and, you know, inspiration photo on Pinterest, do you like it because it looks like you or because it's pretty, you know, do you have the same eye shape? Do you, is this person the same age as you? All those, is this person Photoshop? Like, let's be real. What are you looking at in this photo? So really setting them up for success so they choose photos that will serve them and then there's consultation forms that they can bring to their bride trial to share with their artists because I feel like it's consultations are such a learned aspect of our industry and there's so many great artists out there who are still kind of navigating that so this puts the power in the hands of the bride so they know that they're giving the information that the artist will need even if the artist maybe doesn't know to ask it yet and then um, it takes them through the wedding day how to maximize the day how to set up the space and the ambiance and roles to give their bridal party simple things like someone to answer the door because how many times as bridal artists do we feel our politeness and we're by the door and so we have to be the one to go open it and because we're of service and it's like that affects the timeline and the flow of the day so if you have you know somebody in this role it actually supports the whole experience so um, I'm really excited about that that was something that when I first was like okay I'm going to make a coaching offering an online offering stop trading my time for dollars and this is something that I know will help brides no matter where they live no matter who they book because there are so many talented hair and makeup artists in bridal that you could, you know, any bride could choose from. And then this just empowers them to have the best experience possible. So I find this fascinating because when I started your hair mentor as a business, I was focused on helping the clients. Mm. I had um, content I created for clients, right? Um, and I'm bringing this up because I, I came to a point where I realized like, okay, well, I want to help clients have success in the chair with their hairstylist, right? So I want to give them this like powerful, you know, tool that they can use. And then I'm like, well, wait a minute. If the, if the artist doesn't have the same tools or doesn't mm. know how to interpret the tools, the whole thing falls apart. And so then I shifted my thinking to like, okay, and actually I need to empower the hairstylist and then they're going to help more clients, right? That is, so it's like, yeah. you're just moving up the chain a little bit. So I almost see that as like a resource for hair artists. I love that you say that because I actually have had quite a few artists purchase it, but now you're getting my mind going, like, how could I support artists and clients even more? Like maybe I could offer some bespoke, like if you wanted the same materials, but branded to your brand, you know? Yes. So if you're listening to this yeah. and you're like, I want that for my brides, but branded to my brand shoot me a DM and maybe we can try it out with you and you can, you know, it could be fun. Totally. Like how amazing would that be? Right? Like this whole like done for you thing, right? That like you just go here, bride, this is what I'm asking of you. Right. Yes. And let's work together with like language you both understand and like, Oh, that would be good. Yeah. Real good. And then what's great too, because the one thing like I shared, I've been experiencing is it's a lot of information. Like the brides don't even know that they don't know this. Yes. Right. So what I have found is they love the hair and makeup prep part. Like I have a breakdown, a list of what to do 12 months out, six months out, three months out, a month out, a week out, the night before to prep their hair and skin. They love that. And then sometimes they like breeze past some of the other stuff that I'm like, no, this is gold. You need this. They don't even know they need it. And so I think it would actually be really cool to put this in the hands of the artists who can, you know, you, you can break it down. Maybe you don't give them the whole book, but it's like, here, here's like, you know, maybe in an email or whatever, when someone reaches out, here's this first part and it's branded to the artist and they're kind of 
trickling the information to the bride and walking them through the experience and setting the context and building that relationship too. Because when it, when you get the opportunity, I feel like as a bridal artist to really build that relationship, it's so special. I mean, I've had brides have me sign their marriage certificate. I've had like so many amazing moments and I just, that's what I love about our industry. It's like, we get to be a part of such big life events for our brides. There's nothing like it. There's not. And if we can have tools and systems to make all the stuff that doesn't feel good better, then it's like the best ever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Well, I feel like that is a good place to wrap up this conversation. I feel like we could just like spitball all day here with these ideas. So this was super, super fun. Um, Laura, it was a pleasure having you come on here today. And I just kind of can't wait to see where you go with this female entrepreneurship thing. Like you definitely, you have like a shining light about you with this. Mm -hmm. And I feel like people are just going to be attracted to that. So I'm excited for you. Thank you so much. Um, so for anyone that's listening, um, go find you on social media. Is that the best way to get in contact with you? Instagram really at bridal beauty coach and then follow our bridal team. It's Lottie dot underscore beauty. We would we would be so happy to have you follow that journey too. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. And I'm sure we'll be in touch probably here in Reno. I love it. Yay. Okay. Thank you. All right, my friend, that wraps up this week's podcast episode with my new friend, Laura Garcia. Laura, if you are listening, this was an absolute pleasure and I cannot wait to do big things with you, my friend. Um, And for the rest of you listening, I have something to offer for you actually as well. Um, You know how Laura and I mentioned earlier in our conversation, the differences in the types of consultations that we have and the people that we serve. Well, I wanted to let you know to make sure that you know that I have a special offer when it comes to consultations myself. Um, I created this mini course called Efficient Consultation formula as a way to share the 23 plus years of my time behind the chair, the classes I've invested in, the experiences I've had, and really what I found worked to build a clientele that wanted to come back and pay you money. And so I wrapped that all up in this cute little package called Efficient Consultation Formula, and it is literally the price of a few tubes of color. And so it's like kind of just this easy, accessible, um, quick to get through course that is going to help elevate your consultation game. And I even go so far as to argue that it will like fundamentally change the way you do your consultations. And so I just, I wanted you to have that. I wanted you to know that it's available because I don't talk about it very often, but it is really something that I'm passionate about here. And so if you're curious, I will have a link in the show notes below. Um, And then if you're in the bridal industry, like Laura mentioned, and you're curious about consultations that she does, which are very different than the one that I'm talking about here, um, I'll have her information tagged as well. So as I always love to say, my friend, It is my pleasure to be here as your hair mentor. Um, This podcast brings me joy and I hope it does the same to you. So you go out there and you have a wonderful hair day, my friend, and I'll see you next time. Okay, bye. Hey friend, Crystal here, and I've got something special for you that's too good to miss. Introducing the wildly popular Confident Conversations Bootcamp, where we unlock the three secret stylist skills that attract clients who pay. 
In just three classes, we'll transform how you communicate, connect, and turn every conversation in the salon into a formula for high-paying clients. It's not magic, it's mastery of words, presence, and the kind of confidence that turns heads. So why sign up? Because mastering these skills means more than just full books. It's about crafting a career that's as rewarding financially as it is creatively. We're talking quality clients who value your expertise and are happy to pay you for it. And the best part, it's completely free. You heard right. It's my gift to you, friend. So if you're ready to elevate your behind-the-chair game and attract the clientele you've always dreamed of, this boot camp is your first step. Spaces are limited, and trust me, friend, you don't want to miss out on this transformation. So head on over to www.yourhairmentor.com to secure your spot today. Let's make sure that your talent is undeniable and your chair the hottest ticket in town. Cheers to clients who pay and a career that slays. I cannot wait to see you at the Confident Conversations Bootcamp, my friend.